This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Derek, it didn't take long. We're right back in the basketball swing of things, and Kentucky has another addition to the 2021-22 roster, and it comes in form of Iowa transfer C.J. Frederick. Yeah, and this is take two for us, right? We uh, yeah. This will be the second time we recorded this. We had the, an episode last all planned out we thought cj was going to come out on friday so we went ahead and did a little pre-recording and you might wonder well why not just uh run the same one well we talked a lot about nolan hickman in that one and of course uh nolan hickman's no longer going to be playing at kentucky so yeah you're right though sean here we are what this means i would say for kentucky just on the surface uh you're getting a quality big 10 transfer a guy who's played two years the power five level uh obviously his kind of hallmark is shooting uh 46% 47% his last two years from three point range uh, an exceptional shooter who uh you know can play a little bit of defense too he's been hampered by injuries this past year i think his overall production was gone uh, down a little bit but a transfer that for kentucky makes a lot of sense i think uh one of the points we made on the last time we recorded this we'll run rehash it <laughs> one of the big things the more I thought about it was just and, and you brought it up three years potentially for Frederick if you count the COVID year but, but but basically two for sure and this is not a guy I mean unless you change your mind since Friday Sean do you think he's gonna leave you know after this next year I haven't changed my mind no I mean if he does then he's probably just taken off and Kentucky's really good right but Derek, the thing that stands out to me before we even dive into his three-point shooting is, yes, he averaged 8.8 points per game at Iowa. And I know people are going to be like, oh, wow, K- Kentucky's getting an eight-point-per-game score. That's really what Kentucky needs to get to a Final Four. I don't I don't look too much into it because he played with Luca Garza. I mean, we don't really yeah. know what C.J. Frederick's going to be at Kentucky. What exactly is his role going to be? Is it going to be starting when this thing is said and done? Is it going to be a six-man off the bench? We do know what his role will be in, in like in terms of what he does. It's he's going to shoot threes. He's going to make threes. Uh, led the Big Ten in uh, three point shooting as a freshman at forty six, a little over forty six percent. Derek, he did even better as a sophomore, up that to over forty seven percent. So you're getting a consistent shot maker from three point range to already pair with Dante Allen and Kellen Grady. And remains to be seen what happens at point guard. But one of those boxes that we had to check off this offseason was, does Kentucky add shooting? It certainly has. Yeah, that's been addressed, no question, with with Grady Frederick and, of course, Dante Allen returning. 
that uh that's an upgrade over last season for sure you're right about point guard uh gotta figure that out not really seeing uh any leads on that i guess besides ty ty washington uh, of course he'll like we discussed yesterday may 15th this is magic day mine as well uh <laughs> 10 days away from now so uk fans should have some more clarity on the point guard situation but yeah sticking with frederick you mentioned Luca Garza. If you guys listen to this, get time, and you're doing some research, go look at the Iowa stats and just look at how many more shots Garza took than anyone else on that team. And, and rightfully so. Garza was a great college basketball player, uh, All-American. Uh, I don't think he won the Wooden Award, did he? I don't know if he was. I think he was in the running for that. Maybe he did win. I, I really don't even know who won all the postseason awards last year. But Frederick played his role as a shooter. Um, had some big games. We go back early in the season. Um, against North Carolina, a game that I actually remember watching. And I wish I would have put it together that maybe, you know, it's hard to know back in December 8th, Sean, who's the, you know to watch for a guy who might end up at Kentucky the next season, of course. But he hit five threes uh, against North Carolina, went eight for 11 overall, scored 21 points. So that shows you what he can do when he gets hot. Uh, later that year, it's his best game of the season in terms of scoring. Uh, was an overtime loss, actually, to Minnesota, where he scored 23 points, went five for six from three. So he's had plenty of games in here where he hit multiple three-point shots and uh, hit four against Penn State. But like, like like you said, hard to know at this point what his role will be. Will he be a starter? Will he be a guy that they rely on off the bench to to come in and, and try to provide a spark? But regardless, if that is his role, coming off the bench and providing that i mean i don't think he could have done realistically i don't know if he could have done much better than a guy who has this much experience and started on two teams that played in the NCAA tournament at iowa they weren't elite teams um they look like they might have been early in the year especially offensively um but that's that's a solid get and and like we said it's a guy that you should probably along with dante allen you can it's you gotta be careful doing this at kentucky because the guys leave so much but you I think it's pretty safe to to probably pencil him in as a two-year guy. And uh, because of that, I like that kind of experience you could have for not only this upcoming season, but the future as well. And then here's another thing about it, too. And we know his role is shooting, obviously, but he played a lot of minutes, averaged 24.7 minutes per game. But I'm seeing some games here earlier in the season where he played 39 against Minnesota in overtime game, 34 against Purdue, 10 turnovers the entire season. Yeah. That, that, 0.4 per game. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a huge number that stands out to me when you're talking, you know, Kentucky had turnover issues last year with a young backcourt. I, I don't see that being a problem this year with Kellen Grady, with C.J. Frederick, and, and these veteran pieces they're going to have, Derek, too. And another thing that I think this really does for Kentucky, we, we talked about shooting needing to be addressed. There were three things that needed to be addressed. This is one of them. The other was a physical big because they got bullied and pushed around a lot last year. That is checked off now with Oscar Sheboy. And then the next one that remains to be seen is who do they get at point guard? We know Kentucky needs a game changer. You don't need somebody that's going to go score 20 points a game, but you need a guy at the guard spot there that can get his own, can set the table for someone else. But the, the spacing that you get with Grady, Frederick, Dante Allen, we saw what Dante Allen did with one guy on the floor for Kentucky's offense. Now you got two, three options here. You know who I think this really benefits the most is Keon Brooks if he decides to come back. 
because this can move Keon to the four in that face-up four-man role. We Keon's explosive. We've seen that with some dunks and some highlights and stuff over his time at Kentucky. But you put these guys that can space the floor around him and let him slide into that four spot, I think he could benefit from it as well. That's a good point. I'm not sure if this has been um, uh, updated yet because it just came out today, and you might rise even more. But Tata Washington, I think, is up to 16th. Um, when we're talking about this potential point guard option, he's up to 16th and 24-7's ranking. So the analysts had projected uh, a big jump for Ty Ty Washington in the rankings. And so far he has done that. So he's a composite five-star now. And the thing about Ty Ty, I mean, you, you talk about the offensive ability. I think he's going to be a far more advanced offensive player than what Nolan Hickman would have been, just from the things, uh, the little I've watched of him. Um, and then the scouting reports that I've read, he seems like he'll be poised to uh, – to be a guy that when you're talking about these other players Kentucky's bringing in, I think having a guy at the point who can shoot the ball pretty well too. And like we've mentioned before on the show, it can be tricky with freshmen coming to the UK. We've seen guys who were labeled as good shooters came to UK, maybe didn't shoot the ball that well. And then as soon as they got to the NBA uh, really started to shoot it well. So it's always, it's hard to know in the first year, how a guy is going to shoot. But I like the fit if they can get Ty Ty for sure. And then I would still, of course, try to go at a veteran guy. Um, maybe if Ty Ty Washington does commit to Kentucky, we'll get more clarity, either from his comments or once he signs. I don't, well, I don't know. Once he can be discussed by Cal or the staff, I, I would be interested to see um, who else they try to target a point guard. Yeah, I think that's the uh, intriguing thing now in the coming weeks is if they get Tata, we expect them to at least add one more. Definitely have to be somebody from the portal. If they don't get Tata, then they got to get two guys from the portal at point guard. So uh, definitely interested in that. As you said, Tata Washington will commit on your wedding day, May 15th. Uh, I'll be sitting there at your wedding, so there won't be any Kentucky Daily episode right then if he commits to Kentucky. But I'll see Ty Washington this weekend in Memphis at the Iverson Classic. So might get some good stuff there. Uh, and then what remains to be seen, Derek, who in this transfer portal or who in the NBA draft right now removes their name? I can see it being one of these things. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's where Kentucky maybe has its eye on three or four guys. And it might just be the first one that kind of just pulls the trigger and decides to withdraw their name from the draft. I don't think Kentucky will wait it out when it comes to adding that point guard. I think it'll be whoever they've targeted and it gets down to it and they know that it's a for sure target. I could see Kentucky kind of just jumping the gun there and getting anyone because you don't want to be waiting into July, in my opinion, because you, you might be left at the altar and somebody might be moving. Hopefully you're not left at the altar, but someone else. <laughs> But you don't want to get into July and not have a point guard or a second point guard, have all your eggs in one basket, and then that person stay in the draft. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. 
Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. You were hitting on this a little bit earlier, so we'll swing our focus over there as we uh, start to wind down this episode. Frederick gives them three guards, Frederick, uh, Dante Allen, and, of course, uh, Kellen Grady from Davidson. Mintz is, I would say, probably gone, but still has that option to return if he chooses so. I just, in my opinion, he's going to go ahead and go. So, three guards, Sean, is that enough there? Do you see another off-the-ball guy? Or when you look at the totality of this roster, is the only focus left going to be point guard or could you see them add someone else? Assuming, assuming Keon Brooks wants to come back. If they do, I think it's Davion Mintz. If they get to six backcourt pieces, I, I think they're going to add two primary point guards, guys that are known to play the point, have a lot of experience at point. And then I think if they get to another addition in the backcourt, I think it'll be Davion Mintz deciding to come back and withdraw on from the draft. But I think it's very important too, Derek, that, Of the two point guards that they get, right now how Kellen Grady can slide over and play the one, did done some of that at Davidson. I think that whoever they get out of these two point guards, one of them needs to be somebody that can slide and play off the ball. Yeah, that's interesting. I come back to to kind of wondering if you're a – I'll say a premier college point guard, if that's the idea you want to sign. I wonder if adding a five-star point guard in Tata Washington makes that search harder. I would say so. It, yeah. So, so. Uh, so, like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is, like, well, it's hard to even know who some of the names could be. Well, I'm just wondering who would leave, what, what, what type of player would leave a good situation at another school potentially to come somewhere that um, I guess you could say is maybe starting to shift away from being a one-and-done factory just solely out of just that's just maybe how it's going for everybody in college basketball here in the, in the coming years but still a guy probably in Tata Washington whose main selling point to get here will be to quickly get to the NBA yeah. Cal has shown a preference I think we saw that last year has uh shown a preference to those guys maybe because Cal views their overall ceiling as better which in turn if those guys hit that it will make the team better, which I think is a logical way to view it. Uh, but I still think that's something if you're a, you know, third or fourth year type player and your dream or whatever is to come to UK to help build your own NBA draft profile, uh, knowing that someone else is there who could be getting a lot of minutes, I think is going to make it tough. So if they do get Tata Washington, I say by all means, I need to take them. But I do think maybe – it would lower the expectations of the other kind of guard that they could get. Now, if you can get Ty Tom still and a, I don't know, an elite type point guard from the college ranks. And I think that'd be a hell of a sales job by, uh, by John Calipari. Cause I think more so you're looking at, 
getting a reliable option up point who has some experience that if things don't go so great for Ty Ty, you have a, a, a kind of a backup piece. And that's all I think Mintz probably makes the most sense. He does come back because he kind of did the same thing last year. You just hope that Ty Ty outperforms what Devin Askew did and you don't have to worry about him playing on the ball so much. But yeah, that's the weird thing that they're at, Sean, because I think, uh, I think he's probably, you would think would be someone Cal wants back. Um, but again, we've laid out his reasons for leaving before. So in terms of a roster construction, though, I like that the best just because I think it would work out for everyone the best if Mintz was that guy. If you had five guards, the three we mentioned earlier with Grady Allen, Frederick, and then Mintz could play off the ball, but also point with Tata. There's your five. I like that a lot. Yeah. And we know that Cal, I think, is going to get to 11 scholarship guys on this roster. I think it needs to get to 12. I think it needs to be six perimeter players, six front court pieces with Jacob Top and Keon Brooks who can slide and play the three if needed. That's what I think the roster needs to get to. In the day of the transfer portal, there's no excuse for you to have fewer than 11 guys on your roster. You know, like the years Kentucky, like I remember the year they went to the Final Four in 2011, I think they had 10 dudes on the roster. I think Jared Polson might have been number 10. Like you shouldn't get to a situation where you need practice bodies. Fill this thing out, get the 12 scholarship players, and then we'll see what this thing looks like if – if it's Davion Mintz or if it's someone else, uh, I'm curious to know what Frederick's role is going to be. Obviously, if you're leaving Iowa where I think he was going to be their primary option in the backcourt, I mean, we could have, you could have been talking about a 15, 16, 17 point per game score at Iowa. What happens here at Kentucky? Does he come off the bench? If Frederick is in a role coming off the bench with, let's say, Dante Allen, then I really think when this thing's said and done, I'll like what Kentucky's doing with its roster. I want to. I would like to see those two be options off the bench, possibly, because uh, then that means Kentucky's landed somebody pretty big. I think in the transfer portal at point guard, and two, Derek, if they get Tata Washington, let's say they go get another guard out of the portal that's played point. We've seen John Calipari play multiple point guards at the same time. Is that something that Cal looks at doing? And then Grady at six five has the size to slide and play the three. Uh, Dante Allen with his length and frame has the size to play uh, the three. I think that you could see that. Yeah, I think having options will be will be uh, very much welcomed by Cal because it seemed like he was obviously very limited in last year's nine and sixteen season. So the only way Cal commits to this thing though is if they still defend at a high clip and if they rebound the ball at a high clip. Like Do he's gonna he's gonna those two things. Do what? Yeah, well, I don't think you have any concerns about rebounding, right? I no. would think. No. And, in terms of defending, though, I think that's legitimate. It is, because that's why he likes playing Jacob Toppin at the three. He likes yeah. that athletic, long defender there at the three to go with, you know, last year Isaiah Jackson and Olivier Saar. He liked that length and that size and athleticism. But I think when he sees the three ball falling at a higher clip and they're still going to be able to defend the ball, and, and defend well, I think, because it's Kentucky and it's John Calipari. I, I think that, that he's going to get the most out of them on that end of the floor. Once that three ball starts falling, though, and it's consistent, I think uh, Cal will see how exciting that is in his offense, and I think how much it opens up the floor for all these other pieces that he has. So far, I like what he's doing. I really do. Sure, is it slow developing on the point guard? Have they been throwing a curveball with Nolan Hickman decommitting? <laughs> Absolutely. 
but I'm not ready to go all in on panic button yet because I still like the commitment to adding shooting. I think I think that is encouraging. He he understood, hey, they stunk it up from three-point range. They can't do that anymore. That has been addressed. Now, is there enough out there to the, the stars align that they get who they want or not necessarily get who they want? Do they get what they want? Because I don't know if it's going to be who more than it is what. Do uh, two, two things, I guess. First on Ty uh, Ty, how much do we know about him as a defensive player? Have you heard much about how he? I know it's very hard with high school kids. It's kind of hard to project because they're not really reply, you know, relied upon to to be a great defender. But have you heard much about the potential for him on that side of the ball? I haven't. I haven't heard a lot. We we were so late getting anything on Ty Ty Washington that you know I didn't get to watch. Like when he did play against Nolan Hickman a month ago, I didn't watch Ty uh, Ty Washington. I was so caught up with Nolan Hickman yeah. and stuff. Uh, I'll get a good look this weekend, obviously. But um, he shoots it fairly well too, though, right? Yeah, I think that's kind of his calling card, a very strong offensive player. But you'll have to come back uh, to Kentucky Daily, give us a full scouting report, not only on him, uh, but – Bryce Hopkins. And Hopkins is another guy that we don't talk a lot about on here. I want to hear if you get that hype train going after this weekend. That's what I'm curious. I really like Hopkins on film. I do. I want to wait and see how that translates at Kentucky. Uh, But should be noted, too, uh, Derek, that Damian Collins finished as a top 10 prospect, I think, on uh, 24-7 sports. So then that is that how many years now that John Calipari's got at least one top 10 signee? Got to assume every year, right? Uh, 13th straight class, Chris Fisher, your co-worker, uh, says uh, Damian Collins finishes the recruiting cycle rank number 10 overall, marking the 13th straight class. John Calipari has signed at least one top 10 prospect at Kentucky. Incredible. So there's more talent coming. And, you know, there's Collins. What's his role? Is it going to be starting? Or is it going to be backing up Sheboy and splitting minutes there, maybe playing together some? Like I said, if you can get a bench that has Collins coming off of it, maybe one of these shooters they've added from the portal, and then a really good backup guard, I like Kentucky getting a solid six, seven, eight, and then uh, you never know where's Jacob Toppin fall into this. That's another guy that we've not talked about. How much development does he have over this offseason? A uh, couple of moves here, waiting on a Keon Brooks decision. What happens finally with Davion Mintz here in a few weeks or months? And then point guards in Kentucky, it's getting closer to a complete picture. Still a long ways away because we don't have those clear-cut targets outside of Ty Washington, Derek. But I, I like this one today, and I like where they're headed. I just now want to see what the final project looks like and the final puzzle. That's, that's, I agree with you. Um, glad to have this one finally official. It had been speculated forever. That's the last thing I was going to ask you is how much of a smoke screen you think it was these other schools. Do you think he was dead set on Kentucky now for – for a while absolutely yeah yeah when you're I think that it was Kentucky before the portal not from Kentucky's end but I think Frederick wanted Kentucky and then I think that the rest was kind of just uh just letting it play out I do think that this decision has been made for a while now just a kind of waiting for the perfect time to announce it you if you knew Mintz was going to the draft obviously it's not a negative like it's if that's what's best for him he was he was already a senior but Kentucky fans looked at it like oh man they were let down about it 
Now you get to string this with some news on the coaching staff and you get a stretcher of good news. What happens with Ty Washington in a couple of weeks? Do you get more good news? You want positive PR to me going the rest of the way. No doubt about it, Sean. Anything else you want to add? Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't have anything else to add. I think we've, I think we've covered it all. As always, we appreciate you all continuing to listen to Kentucky Daily. We'll be here whatever breaks, coaching staff news, roster news, football news, doesn't matter. We'll be here for it. Uh, Derek's going to be a married man here. Derek, we're counting down the days now. It's coming up quick. Very close. Ten days from today. So uh, looking forward to that. Obviously a happy time in your life. I'll be there to celebrate with you. And then uh, it'll be guest, 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 guest on Kentucky Daily while you're somewhere on a honeymoon. I'd say the people are not used to me not being around. They'll they'll like it more. So no. if you guys don't like me, really cherish those days. I'm not here. There will be a few. So uh, I'll come back to grace your presence soon after that. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll both be back to grace your presence very soon, hopefully. But this has been another exciting episode of Kentucky Daily. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.